Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, thank you for tuning in to the Football and Feelings podcast with me, Liam Masters, speaking to the mentoring expert today, Herman Stewart. He's the mentor's mentor. He's dedicated so much of his time to, to guiding people on their path to success. Uh, in, a, in a previous life, as, a, as he puts it, he, he represented Great Britain at the age of 15, playing football alongside Paul Scholes, then had a career in music supporting artists such as Wu-Tang Clan and Buster Rhymes. Um, so he has, he has a lot to say, uh, yeah, and he's, he's dedicated so much time to helping other people. So it was great to have him on the podcast. There were a few technical dif- technical issues with uh, with the recording, but I've tried to salvage them as best I can. So I'm sure you'll still enjoy it. But yeah, enjoy the episode and give us a review if you can on Apple Podcast. It will help me grow the show, make it even bigger and better every week. Thank you very much. Okay, I am delighted to be joined by Herman Stewart, the mentoring expert. Just some context for the listener before we get going. Me and Herman already know each other, having bounced ideas off each other in the past for uh, some of your projects, right, Herman? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Well, you know, I'm very thankful to be welcomed onto your show, you know, and just to be able to be here now, because I remember when we was talking and you was about to launch this, you you had all the ideas, all the things you wanted to create. So to actually be here with you today is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So me and Herman helped each other in setting up our own podcast separately. We were just bouncing ideas off each other and it, it definitely helped us, right? It helped us a bit of a catalyst there to help us make progress and eventually now we're here. You've got your your podcast which is set up. I've got mine. Uh, we've gone full yeah. circle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it really as I mean to tell the truth, a big part of it was around that accountability. Do you know, like for me, I wanted to make a podcast from a long time ago. I'd say, gosh, over probably two years, three years, I, was, I wanted to make a podcast. So it was like, when we met, I was like, listen, it's got to get done, you know? And, and and for me, what what I found, how it got done was starting before I was ready. You know, all the time I was trying to be ready before I started, but you know, when you're ready, it's too late. So you got to start before it's ready. Yeah. Yeah. You learn as you go, don't you? Yeah, and, and I, I feel like me and you, because we've worked together before, um, I feel like we're in a position to maybe skip some of like the trivial conversation because I really want us to get deep in this <laughs> chat, talk about motivation, success, and mentoring, of course. Yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we could fast track that because the rapport's been developed. We've already with the relationships there, so yeah, yeah, happy, happy. You just take, just take me where where you want to go. You get what I'm saying? I'm ready. Okay, let's let's do it. I wanted to talk to you uh, about your life before mentoring was one of the main focuses for you because I know you were involved in football when you were younger, right? Yeah, yeah. Football just was passionate about football from when I was like five, six. Do you know what I mean? Like just like back in the day, just in a back garden where my where I remember I remember wearing my my football boots on the concrete. 
You know what I mean? Back in the day, we young just had plastic studs. But yeah, just really playing football, young. Do you get what I'm saying? Goal, even back a day, like goal of football boots, you know, like they've got some Pumas. I remember I got my first Daglish Puma boots, you know what I mean? When I was 10, 11, listen, live, I remember 25 pounds, you know, like it was like, yo, they were like predators beyond, you get what I'm saying? So, like, yeah, so and playing, just loving to play football in the parks, throwing down coats, making goals. Do you get what I'm saying? And, mm. you know, then be, be, being able to be, you know, playing for district and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, just really passionate about football for a long time. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you, you probably made like a step above a lot of school kids playing football. I know you ended up. Yeah. How old were you when you represented uh, Great Britain? I was I was fifteen. 15. I was fifteen years old. So yeah, it, it was uh, a great privilege, you know, a great privilege to be able to play for my country. Um, and you know, it was it was a big thing because it was it wasn't even like I was in a club or anything like that. It's like I went for trials, and I got in, and it was like it was on, and then I was going Ireland and playing, you know, in a, in a tournament and you know, playing alongside Paul Scholes and just, just live. Wow. <laughs> it was big, big things. Yeah, playing alongside Paul Scholes as well. Wow, that's, that's huge. It's Well, you know something, and it's funny because when we was all playing, you know what I mean, it weren't Scholesy then. It was like, it was Scholesy, you know, but, but we didn't know what, what, what he's going to become. You know what I mean? But it just like, even when I was there and playing and all the mans were there, I was like one of the main characters, you get what I'm saying? Like they, they just loved that I was from the ends. They just knew I was real, you know, and just, we just having fun. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But we all young, we all youngsters though, you get what I'm saying? Mm. I, I remember when I was over there um, and my birthday was when I was over there, when it came down at breakfast time when everyone's having like the continental breakfast and all that kind of stuff. Everyone was like singing happy birthday to me. So I had my 60th birthday, you know, playing for country and so forth. But that was so many moons ago. You get what I'm saying, Liam? Yeah. Basically in a, in a previous life, pretty much. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely a previous life. <laughs> How, why did you stop playing then? Because I know, I know you ended up in music eventually, but what was the jump from football in, into music? What was that process? I think football, what, what it was, and it's, it's it's funny because I think some things you're only seeing from hindsight, you know, when you reflect mm-hmm. and you, you consider it and look at it. But I remember I was playing football. Um, I, I left left school, was playing semi-pro at that time. But I just was like, I don't know, I was distracted. Do you know what I mean? As a young boy, I was like, you know, getting more into clubbing, getting more into discovering the other sex, you know, like just like kind of Jack the Lad kind mm. of scenario. And for me, it just, I never had the passion, you know, and, and I've really realised that now. And a lot of people, like I've known lots of talented people that never went all the way, you know, people that like, they could bend you up in their slippers, you know, and they just never got all the way, they never went all the way. And some of it is like, to be a professional, it's more than talent, you know what I mean? It's about attitude, it's about focus, it's about going to digs, do you know what I mean? And just, you know, having a difficult life, not around your friends, you know, and and sometimes it's the lifestyle 
the lifestyle is like, you're not interested in lifestyle. Yeah, like playing football and being good is one thing, but then being able to have that lifestyle that's different, that can be a bit of isolation, got like different levels of discipline and, you know, um, not being around your family because you probably have to go move away and be somewhere else, all that kind of stuff. That that was something that weren't necessarily the most attractive to me. Um, but yeah, I got injured as well. And and when I when I got injured and I started to like not play as much and, you know, I had to go and get the physiotherapy and all that kind of stuff, stuff get the red light treatment. But for me, after it was just like, I just kind of fell out of it, you know, like I just, I never saw... I never saw the importance at that point. Like in a sense, I just thought like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go, I want to go and do what I want to do. So so that's more like how it happened, but it was almost like there was a transition because I was I was doing music anyway. I was always rapping, like from when I was at school, I was rapping. So I just kind of just like, like was doing that more and was, you know, I formed a group and then as a group, we had like a manager, then we like, you know, record the studio recording, then, you know, going on radio stations, doing stage shows and opening up for like some of the biggest artists in the world at that time. You know what I mean? So it's almost like, okay, I'm not doing football no more, but I'm, I'm doing music like, yo, I'm, I'm going to be live, going to have like holiday homes around the world, driving my Martin. Like that was like the dream now, you get what I'm saying? So it's almost like there was a transference of dreams. So I moved from having the dreams of being a footballer to um, having the dreams of being a recording artist, you know what I mean? And I was seeing a lot of evidence from it that it was going, not even that it was going to be possible, I was doing it, you know what I mean? I was in radio one stations, you know, in London and on MTV and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, it, it, it was like that was a transition from the football to the music. Mm. But you obviously had quite bigger aspirations when you were that sort of age then because to want to be a footballer and then losing your passion for that, which is quite an honest thing to admit, I think. And then suddenly you're in, in the depths of this new passion going into music with it, it, yeah. like even more high aspirations. It sounds <laughs> like you were never willing to be to be average in anything, Herman. No, I, I mean it's 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 just been there's there's been a dream in me, you know. I'm a I'm a dreamer, not, not a dreamer in a sense of you know. There's some people like just dreamers and they're just satisfied with dreaming. For me, I, when I say dream, it's about vision, you know. And having vision is like I have a vision of what I can see, like I can see that I can do it, I can see that I can be there, I can see that it's possible. So. I'm working towards it. I'm trying it. I'm doing what I can do to make it happen. Do you know what I mean? And that's where, in a sense, I would say there's been a lot of different things that are like gone through all of the different things that I've done. Um, like creativity, you know what I mean? Like in football, while I was good, it was, I was creative. I could see a pass. I could see things like vision. Even with football, it's like I just had crazy vision, you know, and I could see, I could make that run or I could do that or I could see that pass. Or, so in a sense, I'd, I had quite a different vision when I was playing football and I would follow it. Do you know what I mean? Like I'd, I'd, I was passionate in the sense of like, I'd go on runs. I would, I would take on different people and do all that kind of stuff. And really it was like those same qualities were in music. Do you know what I mean? So it's like about being creative, you know, using my creativity to write rap, raps, to, um, you know, to, to think of concepts, to think of things that have never been done before, to to be pioneering in thinking, um, 
and 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 also resilience, you know, because like the, 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 they're both two of the toughest industries to tell the truth. You know, like football is yeah. a tough industry. How many how many boys want to be footballers and don't make it? Like it's gonna be point zero 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 point zero 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 that really make it. Do you know what I mean? In football, like loads of people want to be footballers. Even people get to go to academies and they're there, they're in the club, they're going and wearing the kit and everything. And then after they get released, do you know what I mean? So it's like a lot of people want to play football as well, but everyone don't make it. And and rapping, music's the same thing. Everyone like, yeah, they want to do it, but not many people make it. So to be able to do both of those things to really high levels, it is about determination. It is about resilience. It is about confidence as well. I would say what goes through is leadership as well. So in football, I was a captain. You know, I was captain of my school team for ages, you know, and, and always been a leader in that kind of sense. And it's the same thing with the music. So I would say there's, there were certain qualities and attributes in me that made me be the person that I am that that just flowed through everything that I couldn't I couldn't be regular because mm. that that just wasn't that that wasn't the brief do you know what I mean yeah yeah I think there is a there's a lot of skills that people learn from from playing football for example like that is for a lot of people that's where they hone in their leadership skills just working as a team thinking about other people but also trying to put some drive into others around you, trying to lift people up around you. Because a, a lot of people, they're of that mentality where they want to step on heads to get where they want to be. Whereas actually when you play football, and I, I, from speaking to you in the past, I know you're the sort of person that wants to bring others up around you and go up and li- yeah. r- lift each other rather than stepping on heads and you know pushing people out of the way. Yeah, I think for, for, for me, I mean, when I started like... I was probably like just really thinking about myself as a player to start with. Do you know what I mean? Because I just like love dribbling. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, like McManaman, like I was like that, like that kind of player, like just like going on runs and just bending up people. And, you know, I kind of was always drifting out of my, um, my position. So it's like my coaches just like gave me like a free position, like just free roll, like, like, like a Gaza roll. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, just, that's how I played. But then after I started to realize that you got to play different, you get what I'm saying? especially when I played for country, it's like, you can't be on the ball too long. You know what I mean? You got to be passing, you got to have your triangles. You got to be thinking more in a, in a tactical way, you know? So for me, I, I feel I've, I've, I've always been like the kind of player that I'm going to, I'm going to make it happen. Do you know what I mean? And that's how I would inspire people. Like, yo, I'm going to be brave enough to go for it. Like, like I'm going to go for that run. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to bring the team through if I need to. Do you get what I'm saying? But I feel like becoming more of a team player and becoming more of someone that brings people in and raises them up and so forth. I've seen more of that through my life as an entrepreneur and, and doing business and and you know, trying to get the best out of people and and raising them up and the mentoring. So in a sense, I would say it's something that's grown and developed as I've I've got older and I've got more wiser, so to speak. And and also just seeing that there's a need to be able to help people to become the best version of themselves, opposing just it being about you. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. And before we go on to your, your professional development, being a, the professional that you are now, I did want to touch on your music career because it saw you like supporting acts like Wu-Tang Clan, Buster Rhymes. I'm sure that was mm-hmm. an amazing experience that, that you still look back on now. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, it's funny because I feel like music and doing rapping and all that kind of stuff really gave me a lot of training do you know what I mean? Like to be able to shape ideas, to be able to shape concepts, to be able to articulate myself, to be able to have a very eclectic um, and diverse um, use of words and, and vernacular and, and vocabulary and all that kind of stuff. Like it really taught me to be like an autodidact. Like I learned myself like I taught myself to write do you get what I mean because when I was at school I wasn't saying I was that great um English and literature and so forth I just at times I never really had the passion for it I was just into football but from rapid it like I had to like it taught me new words you know like I had to discover new new vocabulary to be mm. interesting to be able to make different similes and all that kind of stuff so in a sense, like learning that and then writing and then communication and then being able to engage with people and being able to, you know, convey ideas and so forth, that really trained me to do a lot of different things. And when you start speaking about going on stages, so yeah, we've opened up for like artists like Buster Rhymes, like Wu-Tang Clan, rapped alongside, alongside Redman, been on like multiple radio stations, Galaxy, Choice, um, legal stations, pirate stations, all that kind of different stuff. Been a, across the field, do you get what I'm saying? So you're then learning how to present, do you know? Like it's it's funny because a lot of that stuff now is probably like really helping me now with my podcast because a, a lot of it was around presenting, around presenting ideas, about around freestyling, about being spon- spontaneous, being able to, to be quick, you know, quick quick with thinking, quick ideas, you know, nimble-minded and so forth. So I would say all of that is, has helped. And not only that, just being able to market myself, being able to brand myself as well, that's been very important. You know, being able to, you know, when you're in music, you've got to be doing marketing. You know, I've put on events myself. From I was 17, I don't think I really shared this yet, but from I was 17, I was putting on events from our 17, I was going to, you know, community halls and hiring the hall, you know what I mean? And, and, and by, you know, paying for the night and arranging for like the sound system to come in, paying that sound system, you know, getting drinks, hiring the door, man. All of these different things, like learning in the music industry, you know, learning about promoting, learning about marketing, learning about, um, going on radio and, and when you're setting up for an event that's happening and going out and doing flyers and talking to strangers and all that kind of stuff. All of those things I learned from music. So even like the things that I'm doing now, so when I'm doing a motivational talk or like when I do a TEDx talk or when I'm in front of um, a room of leaders or I'm in the boardroom or what wherever and I'm being able to communicate, a lot of that stuff has come from the stuff that I've learned from before. Mm. Yeah, that's a lot of responsibility to take on at such an age as well. Um, there's one other thing that I, I, I 
think I've got this right in in my timeline. Uh, it was when you were doing music that you had your first daughter, right? And I, I know you've said you've mentioned before that. Well, same for a lot of people. It's quite often an awakening which changes their perspective on a lot of things. Maybe you're realizing that you're wasting time thinking about stuff that isn't really that important. So, how did did that shape you from from working in music and then becoming a father? How did that change your perspective? Gosh, um, I wanted a child, but when I had when I had my first daughter, I just I feel enough aspects I weren't ready. You know, like, you can't be a child and have a child. It doesn't work. Do you get what I'm saying? And I wasn't, I wasn't young when I had my first daughter. I mean, I was like, I was 25 when I had my first, my, my, my first daughter. Do you know what I mean? So it weren't like I was like a whippersnapper. Yeah. I, 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 had, a, I had some years under me, but I think it's, it's around maturity. You know, I feel like... Um, Cause I was doing music, like music can be quite a self-centered, selfish uh, profession, you know, um, you know, like you, you're in your own world a lot, you know, like you're writing, you, you know, you're, you're being creative, you're in a creative space with creatives, you know, at most, a lot of times you probably be in a studio with y- y- your boys or your girls or whatever. Um, and you've got an engineer in the studio. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and it's centered around you. You know, it's, it's just centered around you and, and it's and it's nocturnal. So I'd be like at studio at nighttime and sleeping in the day. It's just like a different world. Mm. Yeah. It's a different world. Yeah. And what I'm sharing with you is very common to a lot of professional recording artists that they would have to have a different type of lifestyle. And the more established you get, it's it's just kind of more, it's more about just you because you're traveling, you know, your family's not senior, you're, you're on tour. It's, it's just a different world. And having my daughter, um, in a sense, it just brought me to the real world. That's, <laughs> that's what happened. It just brought me to the real world. Like, yo, you've got to go and get some nappies. You know, you've got to go get some baby clothes and go and get so you know and then i'm like yo this is this is gonna cut this is like this is gonna take some investment you know and i'm like yo i'm not i've not arrived at the place i thought i'd be yet as a recording artist i thought i'd be signed by now i thought that everything would be lined up by now i thought that i would have all of the the money that i need to provide for my my child you know what i mean so in a sense it really challenged me as a person. Do you know what I mean? Like, like some people, it probably doesn't challenge them because it's like, they're not going to take up the responsibility. You know, they're, they're going to not be the father that they need to be. They're not going to, you know, be around or they're going to be around, but they're not going to go and make sure and make themselves valuable that they can go get, you know, make a living and, and earn a living that they can provide um, for their family. That's probably their, that's their prerogative, not mine. So I was like challenged to the core because it's like I needed now to be able to be a father when I necessarily never knew how to necessarily be a father. Um, and I had to be able to then turn my life around to be able to be able to turn her life around. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah, that, that really shaped me, really challenged me. And it, it's what really spurred me to move forward and to, and to really explore different paths to where to where I am now. 
Yeah, that's very mindful of you to to notice though that you needed to to make those changes because, like you said, some people don't don't realise they they could or they should make those changes. But then, how did you make that leap then from working in music to eventually doing counselling and and mentoring? Because that's they're two opposite worlds. There, how did you how did you make that leap? It, so a lot of it is documented in my book. You know, every child needs a mentor. Um, where I do share the journey and and the journey was one that some of it was personal as well. So in a sense, myself, I was really doing a lot of introspection, you know, as a writer, just very introspective, very reflective, you know, having much more kind of traffic on the inside than probably the normal person. Do you get what I'm saying? In a sense of my work is thinking, my work is creating ideas and create, you know, idea creation, music creation, you know, so I'm just reflecting, you know, and as I'm going through my life, I'm writing different types of songs as well. Exploring faith at that time as well. I was I was exploring like, this can't just be it. You know, wh- where we are now, there's got to be more to it. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I was just kind of exploring um, creation, God, um, who am I? Well, why am I, you know, purpose? And, and in a sense, all of that amalgamated at the same time. Do you get what I'm saying? And I was just kind of reflecting on where do I want to go in life? What do I want to do in life? I realized that I didn't want to do music no more because I just, my relationship with music would just get impaired anyway. Like I just felt like I was putting a thousand in and I was getting a hundred out. I just felt like, Nah, you get what I'm saying? If, if like, yeah, music was able to buy me my house at that point, then it would be like, yeah, cool. You know, but I'm like putting in everything at this time and I'm still like having to make ends meet and thinking like, what's going on? I can't be putting all of my time into this area and I'm not getting much from it. So that's what made me have to start taking certain things into consideration and start thinking, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? Um, And what is my profession? So in a sense, I I went to my mum's. I remember I went to my mum's. She lived in London at that time. And I kind of was like, I don't know. I kind of was like lost a bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, because for most of my life, I knew what I wanted to do. From when I was like seven, I knew I wanted to be a footballer. You know, so from seven to like 17, 18, I was like, I was playing football and I was just like, that's it. You know, and then he was like, I didn't want to do football, I wanted to do music. You know, so this time now when I don't, I don't want to do music, I'm not even thinking about football. I'm like, what am I going to do? Mm. You know, so it's like one of the first times in my life that I kind of was a bit, a bit lost. You know, and um, I went to my mom's and sat down there. And I remember, I remember I had a college prospectus and I was just reading through it. Like I was reading through it like a book, like I'm reading every like course that's there because I don't know what I want to do, you know. And I came across counselling and something on the inside just pinged. It was just like, there's something here. I don't. I never thought about it before, but there's something of interest here. So then, what I done is I went and 
I got signed. I, I went up and I talked to the people about counselling. I went to the college and said, I want to do this and so forth. And from there, like, and I started it and everything, it was like, yeah, I really like it. But then someone, when I was studying counselling, someone, one of my peers, they said, you will be good at mentoring. You know, why don't you study mentoring? And I just thought, okay. I was just open at that time, <laughs> you know, because I was like just exploring. I was like on a journey. So I then studied, I then studied mentoring and then that just started a new world. So maybe it was during that period where you felt lost that you really sort of sort of realized the value of mentorship so do you think that's what uh what channeled that career for you and then and then from that point how did you end up starting every child needs a mentor i think wow that's like a really good question that is and it, <laughs> it's a, it's the answer for that question like spans years mm. you know so it's, i'm gonna have to find a way to just bring it into <laughs> a paragraph <laughs> so when I started counselling, um, like that was really good because one of the things that the lecturer said is the first person that you need to, to counsel is yourself, which was quite powerful in that, you know, like I had to go through different things. I had to reflect on my life. I had to look at what I thought or what I felt or, you know, it was that kind of a deep dive into myself, mm. which was really powerful. But then I discovered that Really, I don't want to do counselling because with counselling, I can't really ask, like I can ask questions, but I can't give advice or I can't give guidance or I can't, you know, give wise counsel, you know, or share my opinion too much to like young people. And a part of why I felt that I needed to mentor is because there was a something in me that wants to give guidance, you know, so like mentoring is around advice and guidance you know, so you can kind of share a bit of your story. Not saying that the young person needs to think like you or need to try and solve the situation like you because the reality of it is we're all different. But without having that ability to share, then really counsel wasn't what I wanted to do. So I wanted to mentoring because <laughs> funny enough, it's funny enough, because at that time I was playing for Saturday League team, you know, just kind of like, People like, like, come, come and play football. Come on, come and join our team, you know. And like, I, I, you know, I still had a, I still had a love for it. You, you know what I mean? Went and got some new Diodora boots and all that kind of stuff, you know. Like, yeah, it's still on, still got it, you know. <laughs> but um, at that time, I just wasn't, it was a set, it was a Saturday league, you know. But when I was driving to a football match, Who's driving like is a way is a way game. I went, and this is so peculiar. I was in one car already. And then I left that car and went into another person's car. Yeah, just before we left out. And this person was like a youth worker. And his name's Stephen, Stephen Richards, you know. Um and he was like a youth worker at that time. And he played in the team. And we was talking and, and I was just telling him like, I'm doing mentoring and I'm studying that. And he says, yo, there's someone I need to introduce you to because they're having some troubles with some young boys and they could do with 
like a young man and da 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 you know. And he says, I'll introduce you. So then he introduced me to this person at the school, you know, and this, this person who introduced me to, her name was Judy Simpson, but she was more better known as um, Nightshade of the Gladiators. So back in the day, like the, the program Gladiators, you know, some, some people probably won't know it, but she was one of the Gladiators. She was called Nightshade. So I met her in this school and she was now mentoring. So, so I like started to mint, like I came and started to mentor in that school with her. You know, I didn't really, I just, I was just really good at it. Like, I was just really good straight away. Like, I could connect with the, the young people and I, I, I could challenge them and encourage them. And they knew it was the real deal. They knew like, yo, this, this guy knows. And that's what like kind of helped me to win over the young people. And, you know, I could talk to them about football. I could talk to them about music. I could share my war stories, you know, and they were like blown away, like, you know, like being around the campfire, listening to the war stories, you know, as I share about being with poor skulls or I share about being in a record label in New York. And, yeah. you know, they're like, yeah. But then being able to share with them, I done both of those careers to a very high level and still I never, I never made a living from them. So don't put all of your eggs in one basket. You know, don't put everything on just saying you want to be a footballer. Like, don't put all of your life just in your legs. You know, like, use your head as well. You know, and do something that you can have some level of control over, something that you can plan, something that, you know, you can put the coursework in, something that you can, you know, whatever it is, do something that you've got some control over it because with football and music, it's so strange, my gosh. Both the industries, you know, I mean, that those things have been here to create in me a strength and drive or whatever. But both of those industries, you need to be scouted. Mm. Someone chooses you. Do you know what I mean? So it's like your power's limited, and I say, say someone doesn't come and scout you, say someone doesn't come and see you, you know, do something else as well. Play football for a passion, you know, and if it supersedes your um, career or your academic uh, pursuit, then great. But if it doesn't, just still do what you're doing. Play football on a Saturday and enjoy it. So I really started to work towards helping young people to get a different perspective. Like, don't just don't just depend on playing football. Even though I played football, even though I done music, I'm telling you, don't depend on that because, you know, it might not come through. Yeah. yeah. So it's, we're in a world where it's very easy for people to feel lost, especially young people, because there's so many different paths to choose from. And often knowing which path is the right one for you is, is the biggest hurdle. So what difference do you think mentoring could make for children and, and young adults stuck in that situation where they're just a bit lost? I think, I mean, and, th and this is, this is where we need to be very open-minded because mentoring works for everyone. You know, mentoring works for professionals, mentoring works for 
you know, world-class athletes, world-class actors, you know, like people have mentors. <laughs> like it's only certain sectors. I think mentoring is for where you're not doing well. You know, um, it's like when you go on the X Factor, you know, you have a mentor because you've already got talent. You're already good. And now your mentor is going to help to bring that talent out or to help to nurture it or to help to make it more polished. And really, ultimately, that's what a mentor should be doing. You know, a mentor should be giving you wisdom, giving you insight, giving you like a different alternative way of thinking. And for me, like I mentor adults, I mentor leaders, I mentor children, I mentor mentors. That's why I am called the mentor's mentor because I actually mentor mentors or young people that I worked with and mentored them when they were like in their teenage years, when they were like 14, 15, they're now in their thirties and they're mentors, you know? So I've seen like multi-generational mentoring, but I would say that mentoring helps everyone. So if you've got young people, young people more than, more than like even grownups need guidance do you get what i'm saying we all need guidance so like all of these people that i'm talking about they need guidance like the children we're talking about they need guidance they they need encouragement they need to be inspired you know and sometimes you know parents at times don't know what to say to their children or they may not have the answers that the children need so sometimes it's about the reality that you can have a mentor for different reasons. Like I've got mentors that mentor me in business. You know, I've got mentors that I will call up and I would speak to and they will give me guidance and they will give me an understanding of what I need to do to go to the next level or I'm approaching a juncture in my life or a juncture in my business that I've never been to that place before. I've never created this kind of deal or I've never worked with this kind of client before. And then my mentor will help me in that world, do you get what I'm saying? Or oh, I've got a mentor that they will speak to me like personally, you know, I might be going through different um, th different seasons in my marriage or might be going through different seasons as a father and I don't really know what to do. I, I'm kind of a bit lost concerning. I've not really experienced this terrain before. Then a mentor would help me in that, in that aspect. And there's different kinds of mentors as well. There's mentors that's, um, professional mentors so even like you're doing a podcast now there's some people that are like probably more advanced in pod, doing a podcast that they could then mentor you to accelerate your podcasting experience yeah. do you yeah. know what I mean? it's like when I would speak to you and trying to get like more insight to say what do you do what mic should you get what you know what programming should you use should you use audacity should you use garage brands should you, do, mm -hmm. you know it's like but I would say like the mentoring is when someone is like, they're doing it um, consistently or, you know, they're doing it um, more frequently. It's not like a one-off. Mm -hmm. But um, this, this is quite a, a difficult question, really. How do you think uh, anyone can go about finding a mentor in their specific field? Because a lot of people, they just don't build these relationships with others that can help them as easily. But also, it's not the sort of thing you can go out explicitly looking for because then I, I imagine the relationship won't won't be organic. Mm. I think there's there's two ways. Um, 
I would say when you're looking for a mentor, you want to find someone that's that's further down the road that you're traveling than you. It doesn't have to be, you see, this is where we need to be mindful because it doesn't have to be the person that is like all the way down the road. Mm -hmm. They're like Bill Gates. You know, that like that, their insight could be too advanced for you. You know, they could give you insights and they could share, but it's you're not there yet. You're not ready. You know, so you need a mentor that's that's just ahead of you. You need that like that the further ahead of you they've overcome certain terrains and they've overcome certain obstacles already but they're still somewhat connected to where you are in some shape or form in whatever way or you're able to communicate at a higher level that you could be able to speak to them even though you're professionally not that developed and still clear your ideas so you could still have a communicative relationship because you're able to process your ideas and you're able to share, share your ideas. So that works. So I would say that look for someone that's further down the road um, that that could give you some encouragement. And also um, make yourself valuable in the sense of be doing what you should be doing. Because when someone's mentoring you, they're mentoring you to help you along your road but if you're not moving, then why are they mentoring? Like, people are not interested. You know, if you if you can't be bothered to do what you need to do, then then I'm definitely not going to take, take time to mentor you because ultimately, even if I mentor you, you're, you've got to do the work. You've got to implement. You've got to execute. You know, so be someone that's already doing it and you're working towards what you're doing and and know what you want help with because it could be like it's like when i said earlier like my mentors will help me to understand okay this is how you frame this kind of proposal or this is how you talk to this kind of client or i had this kind of relationship with this kind of client before and this happened it's like they are able to give me insight into my possible future and it's about making sure that you get, making sure that you get people that can help you down the road to your possible future and that they can hold you accountable and ensure that you do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. And I think it's very important for people to realise that these things aren't linear as well. It's different for, for everyone. Same as um, as success, like lin- success is not linear. I don't know. That's the, the point of your, of your podcast, um, Finding Your mm-hmm. Path podcast where you're speaking to uh, professionals, high achievers in their field about how they became successful. But um, what, what I want to know regarding that podcast is, is what have you learned? Because you're having some really inspirational speakers on there. I'm sure you're absorbing some information there, Herman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's kind of overload, if I must say. It, you know, I'm doing a podcast weekly mm. and... I would say what I have been learning, what I've been learning a lot of is a lot of people suffer from imposter syndrome. Like that has been, like that's been like a theme, like highly aspirational or highly, um, highly aspirant and people that have achieved a lot 
a lot of them still feel like, you know, someone's going to come and say, you know, we got the wrong person or your name's the wrong person. It was the wrong name on the CV. Like you're not supposed to be here. You know, so many people still feel like that. And it's like surprising. It's like, how can you still feel like that? And you've been doing this for so long, but it's like, it's, it's across industries. It's like different people in different worlds thinking that in the law, in the law industry, you know, in count, in accounting, in entrepreneurship, in sport, lots of them thinking the same thing, which is like, wow. So that's been a big thing. That's been a big, that's been a big takeaway. And the other thing is the importance to take risks. Like we're gonna just really take risks. Because the way that a lot of these people got became successful is they took risks. They really like they just took risks and they put themselves out there and and that was a big thing. Um the other thing that I've learned as well is is to, to not be acclimatized to the culture. You know, and, and what I mean about that is saying like um, British culture isn't a good thing. I'm not talking about it in that way. It's more around where there's cultures to say, like, to give you an example, like I'm interviewing and talking to people in the UK as well as the US. You know, so I'm speaking to different people from different cultures. You know what I mean? So it's, it's funny because I spoke to someone from the US um, yesterday and we spoke about just the expectation in America to say that you know that you're good and that you're supposed to be able to say that you're good and you're supposed to be confident. You know, it's like an expectation, like they expect you to be able to sell yourself. You know what I mean? But then in this culture in the UK, it, when you know you're good or you're like aware of your talents, people can say that you've been arrogant. Do you know what I mean? People can say, you know, you're being full of yourself because you know yourself, because you're saying, I'm good at this, I'm good at that. I'm very competent at that. You know, they're like, eh, you're, you're showing off. You know what I mean? So what I would say is it's so important not to be attached to the culture around the negative aspects of the culture. You know, like, know that it's a good thing to be confident. It's a good thing to be kind. It's a good thing to be all the things that you need to be and don't be afraid of being them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And at the moment culture is shifting quite quite rapidly it's a pivotal time in society right now with activism sort of shaping the world hopefully into a world of equal opportunity but um what do you think is is one of the most important things for especially young people to remember right now in this ever-changing society what do you think is uh yeah what should they be remembering to do well yeah, sorry, it's big a really, question. <laughs> it's a really, it's a really, it's a really good question. It's really big as well, like the answer to it, um, because a lot of things, a lot of things are down to context. You know, like con context informs answers. You know, so it would depend where that young person is. You know, how young are they? Are they still in education? Are they, you know, 18, 19? Are they working? Are they, you know, so 
but that's where it gets more bespoke and more personalized. So I'd say a more generic answer would be people need to remember that they're gifted and they're talented and the treasure inside of them needs to be nurtured and they need to do it. You know, and I think when you've got so much entitlement or people think that they deserve this or deserve that, or, you know, sometimes even with the, like, even the benefit system, and I'm not speaking like negatively about the benefit system, because, you know, I have been on benefits more than once, you know, and I understand that when you're in that time of your life and you need help and need to get back on your feet, you know, it's there and I've used it. And, you know, I'm proud to say that I have been on benefits. I'm not ashamed of it. You know, I've always been on my journey to go somewhere, you know, and at the same time, um, I've not been able to to probably be on my feet at that time or whatever. But when you like just live on it and it's like you're not dreaming or thinking or not trying to get somewhere or not, I think that that safety net stops a lot of people from being aspirational because like in places like America or, you know, some of the different places, there's no benefits. Like if you don't do something, nothing's really going to happen for you. And I think the safety zone or the, you know, just the fact that there's safety really can prevent people from trying or prevent people from doing things. So I would say that people need to remember that they're gifted and they're talented. Remember their aspirations. Remember that there's more to life than what they're going through. Remember that they've got to get old quickly and not recognize it. So use their time best while they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No one has ever had on their tombstone that they wish they spent more time on Facebook or watching TV. No one's ever said that. No one's ever going to say that. But I know a lot of people sort of need reminding that you've got to go out there and and chase things because they're not going to chase you. And like you were saying, self-belief is a a big issue for a lot of people. No one's going to believe in you until you start believing in yourself as well. But that is that is scary. And sometimes you do have to sort of fake that until until eventually it comes true, comes back to fake it till you make it in a way. I think the, the reality of it is with mentoring, and this is a saying that I've heard about mentoring, which I find to be very powerful, is that a mentor is someone that holds up a mirror to you to show you who you are until you believe in it yourself. Yeah. So sometimes you don't need to have that self-belief um, to start being mentored. Um, sometimes you can have no belief or sometimes, you know, whatever it is, but you've got to be able to be good with people. I would say... That's something that people don't do enough of. You've got to be good with people, good at making relationships, good at building rapport, good at befriending, good at inspiring, good at being the type of person that people want to be around. Because if you're not that type of person, it doesn't last. Mm. So I think it's really important that we realise these things, develop ourselves and understand that we're going somewhere yeah, absolutely. Um, Herman, we've, we've touched on a lot of stuff throughout, uh, throughout this episode. I always like to, to round it off with a few reflective questions. Um, uh, in the last few years, what, what have you learned about yourself? Wow. Wow. That's, 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 that's quite, that's quite, 
that's quite deep that is <laughs> <laughs> that's quite deep okay um I did wow. say I said at the beginning we're gonna dig deep in this chat, Herman. Um, um <laughs> what have I learned about myself? Um I've learned I'm more capable than I've thought, you know, um, in the sense of even though I've always had like skills around certain areas, at times I've just really relied strongly upon those things as my strong suits, you know? So in that world, like, yeah, I'm very good at football. Do you know what I mean? I'm very good at um, rapping or whatever. But a lot of things that I've probably never done before, I think uh, I don't even try it. Do you know what I mean? Or I'm not that good at it, or I would only try something if I'm already thinking that I'm going to be good at it, you know? and. For me, I've discovered that I'm better at a lot of things than what I thought. And that's where I've had to like believe in myself to give myself a, a, to give myself a, tri a trial. So it's like, to give you an example, like at home, I would be quicker to get like someone in to come and do the painting. Or, you know, I'm quicker to hire someone like, okay, get that. Cause I respect the art. Yeah. I respect the craft. So I'd say, I'm not even going to try that. Like, I, I wouldn't even try. Sometimes I wouldn't even try, like, DIY. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I do easy DIY, but a lot of it I probably wouldn't try. Like, I think, get someone in proper to do that. Do you know what I mean? And that's where my that's where Dan and my wife has been more encouraging to say, why don't you just try it? You know, just try it and see. And then, like, when I try it, like, I do it well. You know what I mean? Because the different kind of values around you know, doing things really well and excellence and, you know, you know, trying to really represent well, it comes out. And I'm like, wow, okay. I didn't know I could do that. I've learned that I need to do more of that. And, you know, and, and, and that's about stepping into different territories. So even like doing the podcast, I think the podcast is a great example because the podcast, I never had all the answers. You know, there was a lot of unknowns. So for me to commit to it, like I'm putting a date out before I had all those answers. Mm. That's like, you know, that's that's what's like helped me to see as well. So I'm like, I don't know, I've got around, I've probably recorded close to 30 podcasts now, you know, and all of them are not released. But I'm like seeing I'm getting better and I'm seeing, okay, I'm good at this. So I think just just having more belief in myself that I'm I'm able to do things that I, I don't necessarily think that I'm talented at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're very quick to undermine ourselves. But um, the last yeah. question I have, Herman, um, what about yourself are you most proud of? I'm really proud of how I get on with a lot of people. You know, like I never always valued it. Like, it's not that I never valued it. Like I always benefited from it in a sense of like, I'd have lots of different friends with different reasons, like different cultures, you know, like really good relationships, you know, with with an Asian boy or an Asian girl or a 
white boy or white, you know, like, don't matter, like, good, good, proper conversations and, you know, like, meaningful and deep and, like, and that's, like, translated into lots of different things, you know? So that's, like, really giving me a great ability of mentoring, you know, because then when I mentor people, they can sense that authenticity, they can sense that I'm really for them and the sharing things that are quite personal. And I feel that that's because of the ability, the gift, the talent that I've been blessed with to be able to make relationships. And I'm really proud that I've continued to nurture that. You know, I'm not saying that I'm the best at relationships because sometimes it's even the closest relationships that you struggle with. You know, at times it's it's difficult to make those kind of relationships and work on the relationships with your children to make sure that you've got close, close relationships, you know, or with the wife. You know, and it takes work and it takes... It takes it takes changing because when you start really getting closer to different people, they're like a different person. And you might have to really move from your place of where you stand or you operate all the time. From that place, you, you have to come out of your comfort zone. It might be uncomfortable. You might have to talk about some things that's not comfortable. Mm. You know, but I would say that that's something I'm really proud of because that does, it goes across a lot of different parts of my life. Amazing. Herman, I can't thank you enough for coming onto the podcast. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I hope you have too. I have. I have. It's been, it's been great. It's been great. And, I, you know, you, you threw me a couple of curveballs at the end. I'm <laughs> kind of feeling how some of my guests feel now because, <laughs> you know, like I ask those kind of spontaneous, deep questions and, like now I've, I've got a bit more of empathy for, you know, even like when I'm interviewing, you know, not not saying I'm going to change my style, but just like, whoa, okay, that's how it feels. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, I hope I didn't put you on the spot too much, but um, <laughs> thank you very much again for joining me. Uh, thank you to the listeners for joining me on the Football and Feelings podcast. There will be a link in the description to, uh, to Herman's podcast, the Finding Your Path podcast, for people that want to check it out. But um, yeah, thank you again, Herman. Appreciate it. It's cool, Liam. Keep doing what you're doing. And thank you for all of your support for helping me to develop my podcast. You know, just all the work to support me with the marketing of the organization as well. So thank you. Just keep doing what you're doing and keep building your vision because you're very passionate about this. And I'd love to see when people have a vision and they implement it and it becomes reality. So keep it up. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Football and Feelings podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.